Once upon a time. Okay, to be more exactly, more precise, it was somewhere at the end of 70s. And Franz was living in a Taoist hermitage in the Rocky Mountains with a uh, Chinaman. That's he, he referred to himself as Chinaman. So just to make that sure, I didn't use that words. And we were living in little kutis, uh, little huts, maybe like six feet by 10 feet maximum, up in the Rocky Mountains, 7,000 feet high. And altogether, maybe we were about like 10 to 15 people. And uh, in the morning, our meditation hall, community room was one of these big American trailers, you know. So, and, but uh, there were no walls in it. So one morning he came down and said, tear down all the walls. So it was just one big room. And on one side there was a kitchen and some shelves and was some space. There was an open fireplace. Then there was a bathtub, the toilet and some more space. So everything was open. So in the winter, Colorado, pretty cold. And so you all the blankets you can get. And then in the morning when we came down, 4 o'clock, everybody had to be there at 4 o'clock. That was like a must. So then we had a bathtub with hot water. And so everybody would come down and take a dip in the bathtub. So no soaping, just a dip. A few minutes, the next one was already waiting. Took a dip, the next one was already waiting. So until everybody was through. And then we made a little, uh, then we had a little pots. We made a tea. And we were sitting around that fireplace. And then he would come down. His name was Chafu Feng. He would come down, take a dip, make his tea. And then we started the morning what was called like a chit-chat meditation. And he was one uh, around when Alan Watts was there back in the 60s when they founded SLN. So there was Ida Rolf, Fritz Perls, Sufi Sam and all this guy. And Chafu was part of this uh, community. So we had this chit-chat meditation. It means whatever came to your mind, you would just, you know, let it out and he would pick it up and then we would work as a group together. So that was like a start, right? You know, beating the cushion, hot seat in the middle and so forth. So that was the sort of like the 60s, 70s encounter period. <clears throat> so then one day Chafu came down and said to me, Franz, put in a new bathtub. Because, you know, waiting, 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 you know. So I said, well, I don't know. I can't put in a bathtub. I've never, you know, did something like that. He said, okay, you put in a new bathtub. Okay. So I drove to Colorado Springs, went to a junkyard, found a bathtub, found some faucets, some plumbing here and so forth. And, you know, da, da, da. And lo and behold, there was a second bathtub. So I was really kind of like proud of myself that I could do that in the beginning, I, you know, Impossible. So I put that bathtub in, and next to the bathtub, I put a little carpet. So when you get out of the bathtub, so that you don't step on the bare floor, but you have a little cushion. Okay, so after a couple of days, that carpet was gone. So in the morning at this uh, chit-chat meditation, then I just, you know, said, well, you know, somebody took that carpet away, and if you step out of the bathtub in the... You step on a cold floor, that's not good. You might get a cold and it looks nice and all this. So, you know, use different reasons why it was not good that that carpet wasn't there anymore. And then Chafu turned around to me and yelled at me like, bullshit. Okay, I can, sorry. <laughs> can <I> cut it out? <laughs> so that was one of the most used words, you know, at this time, right? Fritz Perls, if you know a little bit that. So, and I said, what me, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, it should be the other guy who took the carpet away. 
And then Chafu said to me, you go over, his name was Don, over to Don, kneel in front of him and tell him, I didn't like that you put that carpet away. And so I went over, kneeled down, and kind of like, and as I said this, you know, I didn't like that you put that carpet away, I've really felt a very strong sort of like empowerment. And later on, kind of like just reflecting on it, was what he was, what he was actually teaching or trying, you know, to tell me is like to be authentic. In one way, like to be truthful. And that's one of the uh, perfections like Steve was talking about, truthfulness. So what I used was like an... Uh, you know, uh, to make that, uh, how, mm, to make it sort of like to rationalize it away. But actually my, the truthfulness was, I didn't like that you put that carpet away. And that was, uh, as I said, part of his teaching to be authentic. And that's also in ways of like, you know, when we, when we do at the end of the Qigong, when we do what I call like the M&M, the meta move, you know, to be authentic, to be clear. But to be, to, but to be Im, uh, imbued with the spirit of the heart and it is not harming and of kindness. And that's nowadays I feel like, you know, particular, you know, always like also sometimes in a new age community, I feel sometimes, you know, like, ah, this nice niceties and all that stuff. And so, and sometimes it's really, you know, helpful, at least it was for me, to be truthful. And that's what the Buddha actually said in a, one of his paramis when he came, you know, incarnated at this time, it was like truthfulness was one of his main uh, kind of like uh, direction he was going, or, or, or better to say, like he incorporated this already. Always to, always to speak truth. And that's really uh, like empowering, to speak truth, but not with the intention to hurt or to, you know, to hurt somebody. Be kind. So that was, yeah, this teaching of him to be authentic, to be clear, to be upright, and that's part, I said, you know, what Steve actually was talking about. And in a different situation, another situation was like, well, I live in India. And uh, I live on a camping or, you know, in the countryside of a little place and so forth. And one time the neighbors came and they offered us some food. And it's like, and you looked at that food like, oh, you know you would get sick if you would eat that food, right? <laughs> And so I was with my friend and, you know, so you're kind, thank you, thank you, you know. And then next day we had to bring back the, the, the bowls where they served the food. And then I said, okay, we just throw it away, you know, we dig it, we give it to the dogs and so forth, you know. And then tell them, you know, oh, okay, thank you, it was very nice, blah, blah, blah. And then he reminded me, no, we don't do that. We just, you know, take a little bit and tell them, you know, that it was like, you know, for us, you know, it's not good to eat this food because, you know, this and this and this. And that's actually what we did, and it was perfectly all right. They really accepted it. They could understand that it was, you know, for us, you know, it was not the right food, you know, to eat that. But that was also this quality of, you know, to be truthful, not to, like, beat around the bush, what I call, like, wishy-washy, but just really to be, even if it sometimes, you know, comes out maybe a little bit harsh or not the nice way and so forth. But it really has a quality to empower you, to be upright, to look back in the mirror and say, okay, it's good. Mature human being. Okay, and the merit of today, through the practice of uh, mindfulness, awareness practice, to be truthful to ourselves, to others, to keep to the sila. Maybe I'll share this merit with all beings for their welfare, for their happiness, and for their liberation. May all beings be free from suffering. 
May all beings be happy. May all beings live in peace and harmony with, with each other. May all beings be liberated. Thank you. And again, the hall is open 24-7 last night. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> the bar is open as well. And there's supposed to be some